Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and this is Cheshire Matters. I'm Jonathan Starkey, your host of this digital pub, and I'm just going to check to make sure that our regular panelists are in this evening. Mr. Ingram, are you there, sir? I certainly am, gentlemen. Good evening to everybody, and a big hello to our friends across Cheshire tonight. Well done. Mr. Trevor Nichols, the gazelle, are you in, sir? I certainly am, Jonathan. I'm all tuk tuk comfy and ready. And do we have the stats man, the man with the voice that keeps the ladies awake at night? Are you there, Mr. Hartley? I wish. Yeah, I'm here, John. Hello to all our listeners out there. Well, okay, that's great. Now, it's been an action-packed week, to be honest with you. I mean, with stories coming out about David Cameron trying to lobby government for millions of pounds for a disgraced tycoon, Here's Morgan coming out and writing for the first time about his exit from GMB. What about the hate laws to protect burly lads from Batley? And University of Oxford considering scrapping sheet music and a teaching about white European composers? I'm not sure whether I quite believe all of that or not. But anyway, it's been a lot. There's been a lot of things happening this week. And I think we're actually going to choose the situation in Batley. Mr. Hartley, I believe you're going to lead on that one, sir. Go ahead. I sure am. Yes, a teacher has been suspended pending an investigation from a school in Batley, Yorkshire last week and is now in hiding, yes, hiding, after a mob of angry men protested outside the school and issued him with death threats. Now, this was all the result of him showing a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad as part of a lesson on blasphemy. Now, the common law offence of blasphemy was actually abolished in March 2008, and the teacher was um, teaching about the right to criticise religion, which he is also legally allowed to, under the 2006 Racial and Religious Hatred Act, Section 29J. And, of course, our precious English Bill of Rights. Now, no doubt this work was probably all pre-planned by the school and probably following Ofsted guidance, and the teacher was just following instructions so for the school, the unions, and the police to throw him under the bus is cowardly and a disgrace. The head teacher actually gave a statement to the effect of, we are so sorry for causing offence. And the teacher has been suspended pending investigation. But what I'd like to ask is, suspended for what exactly? Doing his job, teaching about our laws and values, abiding by the law. Hmm. Can we just get something clear here, Mark? Are there any blasphemy laws in this country? Nope. As I say, they were, they were removed in March 2008. And there is actually a, a law to say we have freedom of speech. That's Section 29J of the 2006 Racial and Religious Hatred Act, which says we, we can criticise religion. So did these people have the right to protest about this? Well, that's a tricky one as well, isn't it? I'd say at the minute, probably not, because aren't we under a lockdown, kind of? You know, there's been some protests that haven't been allowed, but normally they probably would be. I'm beginning to sort of sit down and question um, the morality of the way that we're looking at this. So this teacher was teaching RE in school, and there are no blasphemy laws in this country. So why is there a protest out of his school, outside of his school? Go ahead, Steve. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, to me, I find this uh, rather disturbing in the sense that the, the teacher now allegedly uh, fears for his life and, that, and the safety of his family. Now, 
also, I, I think a lot of things are said now nowadays and taken completely out of context. And we have to have sensible debate and we have to have sensible discussion, education and everything across our society and within a particular context. Now, if, if we're going to have education or any area of our lives discussed, debated and informed about, then we have to look at all sides of a debate including um, what's gone on surrounding various issues. And to be quite frank, I find it rather disturbing that elements of our society, lots of different elements of our society, you know, minority groups, I'll come back to that in a minute if I may, um, are now making um, extraneous demands on our freedoms of expression within this country. And I just want to say, whilst this country is a very welcoming, tolerant and multicultural society, at the end of the day, our history, culture and traditions are based upon the establishment of the Judeo-Christian beliefs. And I've just got a couple of figures here for me. I won't go into this uh, in a lot of depth. That would be good. That would be good, Steve, because I'd like to know what the breakup, you know, in percentages is between Christians, Jews, you know, the different religions in this country. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I'll just give you this. I got this from the 2011 census and... Um, Christianity, um, I won't go into the specific figures, it's, it's 37.5 million for Christianity. It's 59.5%. This is when it was in 2011. Judaism, 0.4%. So those two religions, which predominantly are the establishment of this country, in effect, represent uh, just under 60%. Islam, 4.4%. Hinduism, 1.3%. And Sikhism, 0.7%. And then it goes on to the rest with about 25% of the remaining figure, um, having declared no religion, etc. The predominant makeup of this country is Judeo-Christianity. And we've got now everybody running in fear of expressing views or discussion on certain elements of our society. And I find it highly disturbing that this, this chap who's gone to work, done his job... Now, I'd like to know if he's done it within the remit and confines of the school, but um, make sure that this man is is looked after. I give way to Mark. Yeah, we've got a bit of an update as well. Apparently, there's two more teachers who've been suspended, although from all accounts, the school have tried to keep that a little bit quiet. Now, my point here is, isn't it nice in modern-day England when if you disagree with the laws and customs of the land, you just threaten to what, kill people, and the authorities just cave into fear and mob justice? But worse than that, the innocent are then labelled as the guilty party and then left at the mercy of the mob while the police are off, I don't know what they're doing, prosecute, prosecuting YouTubers and kicking people out of parks. One question, I'm just wondering, how long until the police are actually enforcing Sharia law instead of just turning a blind eye to it? Well, I think, to be honest with you, just, Steve, just reiterate to me again the percentage of people involved in Islam in this country. Well, again, I reiterate, this is from the 2011 census. Obviously, we've just had the census uh, this year, which will, won't be out for a while. This is 2011, and for Islam, it gave a figure of 4.4%. So for 4.4%, that gains national news for a teacher who has supposedly insulted the religion. And yet, this is a Judeo-Christian country with no blasphemy laws. So what has this guy done so that is so wrong that is actually putting him in, put him into hiding? What has he done that has been so wrong? He's, he's done nothing wrong. 
He's, he's literally done nothing wrong. And so in that I'm case, then, the government should be stepping in and saying, no, this yeah, is not well, right. And this is, I mean, nobody goes out of their way to insult any religion. And I'm sure a teacher in the school wouldn't go out of his way to insult any religion. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I was going to say what, what the school should have said. And this is what I would have said. And this is what should have been said. It should have said, this is a free country in which the act of someone choosing to be offended is not a crime. This was all part of pre-planned work by the school and the teacher was following instructions about the right to criticise religion, which is our right by the law of the land. We will not be intimidated into changing the way we live. And if you don't like the way the school follows the curriculum and the way we teach our children the laws and values, then feel free to remove your children from the school permanently with immediate effect. Then the police should have arrived in numbers and moved on the angry religious extremists from outside the school. Exactly. They should not be allowed under British law to intimidate a teacher who is just doing his job. That is just totally and utterly wrong, and in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure it's in the opinion of all of us here this evening. All those in favour say aye. aye. I agree. Aye. Aye. Absolutely. Yeah. So in that case, then, let us move on. And we've basically covered all the main points of that subject. Let us move on to our favourite subject at the moment, which is Warrington. And that rests with the gazelle. Now, I do believe that there are a lot of things that have been going on in Warrington that are of, well, mega interest. Go ahead, Trevor. Thank you, Jonathan. That certainly has. And I'm sorry, it might be a little bit long-winded tonight, but I think you might enjoy it. So tonight, I want to discuss yet again the hypocrisy of the Labour Party. Again? Again? again. Not the National not the national this time. This hasn't got anything to do with the fact that you are standing in Orford, sir, as a councillor. Um, I forgot about that. Um, did you? I mean, I've been caught in this today that I did actually forget that, but I'll probably mention it a couple of times within the story. It's, it's involving <laughs> our, our, our local MP. Very good. Garlett Nichols. Actually, no relation, but I just thought I'd throw that in. Also, the reporting of the issues by the Warrington Guardian. Now, I'm sick and tired of the reporting and wish to point out tonight some very important facts. Aaron Dillon, this week, ran a story on our MP, our favourite reporter, Mr Dillon. Charlotte says it's deeply dis disappointing that a Tory candidate has been allowed to stand in the election. Shock horror. Shock horror, yeah. Oh, they're not allowed to stand, the Conservatives or something? No, no, they're not allowed. No, it's not allowed in uh, any in any democracy where the oh, Labour right, Party right. is involved. The candidate she's referring to is the Warrington Conservative Chair, Wendy Mazie. Now, this comes shortly after another Conservative candidate has stood down following, and I quote Aaron Dillon from this, a truly terrifying tweet to a Jewish Labour MP, Charlotte. It stated, keep the Aryan race going. Now, what? that's all it states. What's all that no story, What is no all story. that about? Yeah, no story behind it, just pure selectivity. So now I wish to get to the meat of this story. I've mentioned this before, but it, it's relevant to this particular article. Now, both Charlotte Nichols and the Labour Council leader, Russ Bowden, 
They both follow a character on Twitter called Seve Gomez Asprom. He's Labour's deputy leader on St. Helens Council. Now, there was an investigation into him after pictures emerged of him dressed as Hitler at a fancy dress party, along with various Nazi symbols, including swastikas. Now, he apologised for his clumsy decision. I'll just give way to Steve on this for a minute. Go ahead, Sorry, Steve. For, for my benefit, can you just clarify again who was dressed as a Nazi? Yeah, it's he's at the, at the moment, he's the deputy leader of St. Helens Council. His name is Seve Gomez, Gomez Asprom. I think that's how it's pronounced. And he actually went to a party. Now, he says this was before he was involved actually in the Labour Party of St. Helens. Oh, well, maybe that makes it all right in his mind then, doesn't it? Well, that's fine then. Yeah, that's okay right. in his mind. So he apologised for his clumsy decision. Now, it's another time. See, so this is another occasion. He mentioned in conversation referring to the Rain Hill campaigners as seventh generation Rain Hill. And he said, it all sounds a bit Aryan race to me. Now, I just want to point out to you that both our MP and the council leader both follow this chap on um, Twitter. That's it. Now, our MP, she finds it's not truly terrifying to follow this guy on Twitter. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to get over. The absolute yeah. hypocrisy of it is she follows this guy. Now, they obviously, I, I would suggest that they know each other because they're all in the same circles, etc. The same herd. The same herd. Yes, you're right there. So, I mean, that was just the first part of it. And it goes on and on this. Now, today, another story has emerged. That our MP, she's embroiled in another controversy. Oh, good grief. And today she's received a massive backlash. Oh, do tell. Oh, you, yeah, she's, do you she's, mean she's that the woke karate has actually gone against the woke? <laughs> the woke karate are now attacking the woke. You're right there. They're she's been having themselves. photo shoots <laughs> while she's been out delivering leaf, leaflets. That was for good. For the elections. That was good. Leaflets, leaflets for the elections in Orford, of all places. Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Orford. Yeah, uh, is that, uh, is that where you're Orford. standing, Trevor, in Orford? Yeah, I can't believe it. I think, yes, it is. I've, been, I've <laughs> mentioned that, that I'm actually standing for the Orford ward. For the election? Yeah, for the election, yeah, the up-and-coming elections, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grief. Um, I forgot about this... that from 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it, it, it's I right. forgot so about it from you. two Don't minutes ago. It. It's just yeah, like, I'll... there's another fellow there as well in Cheshire. It's, uh, who is it? His name is John Dwyer. He's standing for police and crime commissioner. Yes, that's I know. Right. Yes, that's that's right. and I, I wish, I wish all candidates well. well of course know, you well, do. Of course you do. But we wish you more well, sir. So <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> in in this leaflet, it states what Labour will do dealing with traveller incursions, and it's one of the main Ooh. bullet points. Incursions. That Labour that's... will deal. Uh, with. That, that word is what would absolutely drive the wokerati. In oh, Labour, absolutely ballistic. You're going to love this in a minute. That was one of the main bullet points. This has caused absolute outrage across Twitter, <laughs> even even from some parts of the Labour Party itself. Even they're criticising them. So the cancel culture that Steve said, I mean, he was quite right when he said it, they're cancelling themselves out. Of course, yeah. And as a good friend of mine said, 
if you can't beat them, cancel them. <laughs> Why is your friend? <laughs> Trevor, again, you know, uh, you never told us that you had friends. I mean, it was only that we recently found out that Steve had friends. Yeah, no, I bought, I bought a few last week. I've got about seven now. Yeah. Now this, this is the important part again. Not that it's not all important. This is the important part again. This is coming from her position being the shadow minister for women and equalities. Jo- oh, you but, couldn't make this up. It's uh, some, bring some Mark are in already there. questioning bring Mark if she in. can keep this position. And I think rightly so as well. Go ahead, Mark. Just a quick one, Trevor. Have you got any yep. anti-minority rhetoric on your leaflets by any chance? No, mine's purely mm. all above board, common sense, politics. Very good. Thank you. Well, now that we've now that we've established established that, you know, the people of Orford know that you are standing from a position of common sense, no cancel culture, and that no. you will be totally available to them. Should they request totally available, to totally transparent, you can see right through me. <laughs> yes, we can see right through you, sir. You wish, <laughs> you wish, you wish to win as an independent. We know this. We know it. We know it. I think I have a good feeling. You have. A I gut have feeling. a gut feeling, Jonathan. And over to Steve. He's waving his pen again. Thank you. Oh, he's, he's he's a real pen waver. You know, if that was the oh, flag, he'd be doing it all day. Especially if it was a UK flag. Go ahead, Steve. Well, as you can see, you can see the UK uh, Union flag behind me there, along with the Cheshire flag, actually. I'm into Lovely. flags at the moment, as you know. So what's uh, that one in the look- background there with the hammer and sickle? Is that, the one, one next, is that the one next to the, the rainbow background? one? That's the no. one. <laughs> oh, good grief. No, I'm, I'm doing my bit for the defence of the Union flag, where a lot of people seem to want to tear it down. In fact, I just mentioned that very quickly. Since we've left the European Union and we've gotten rid of the European Union flag, the left seems to have gone into overdrive to actually trash our own flag because they seem to be upset with it appearing everywhere. So I'll just mention that and long live the Union Jack. Now, going back to what Trevor was saying, I actually think that the issue of all this equality talk, especially from the left, and think certain things come into light, as Trevor has mentioned today, is one of the biggest examples of hypocrisy I've heard for years. Bearing in mind, and again, I'll come back to this briefly, anybody who stood for independence over many, many years was on the receiving end of vitriol and being accused of far-right, racist, xenophobic, and all the rest, simply for standing for independence. And now we're seeing the real truth about what's going on in this country. And in in fact, what we're seeing is the supposedly tolerant left actually demonstrating unbelievable levels of intolerance. It's incredible. Well, the left intolerance? Excuse me. Come on in, Trevor. Never. Now, let me try to wind this up. This, you're going to love this bit. When pointed out to her, Charlotte, that is, on media, she replied, I genuinely wasn't aware of the meaning of incursion. <laughs> I, I promise you. <laughs> right? Now, okay, she's just, okay. That's it. She's just hot off the press, two to three hours ago, issued a new statement on Twitter. And it says, I would like to unreservedly apologise for the offence and hurt 
that I have caused the Gypsy, Roma, and Traveller community. I have spoken to the Labour Party. The leaflet has been withdrawn and will be destroyed. I regret that this leaflet has been distributed in the town. The leaflet is not in line with my personal values or those of the Labour Party. Oh, really? Boom. Follow that. <laughs> really? Really? Well, let's get, a, let's get a few last comments before we move on. Steve, go ahead. I'm just going to add, on behalf of Trevor and actually the Warrington community, that if these leaflets have had to be withdrawn, then I think scrutiny should come under the Labour Party's expenses during the course of this election, heavily scrutinised to make sure that the repurchasing of further leaflets does not take them over the expenses limit. I think that's a very, very good suggestion. Mark, come on in there. Very good point. I just want to get one thing straight. So dressing as a Nazi is a clumsy decision. That's all good. Anti-minority rhetoric on your leaflets, that's just a mistake. But you support Brexit or you want controlled immigration, you're far right. I'm just getting the rules sorted out. There you go. There you go. All right, right, well, let's... A little bit weird, the rules, but, you know, I'm I'm, I'm understanding them now. Very good, very good. Well, let's wrap that one up. Now, this is the first time, and this is one time that I've actually decided to bring in a second national story, but this is only a very, very brief one to bring, bring in some brief comments. And this is the University of Oxford, okay, who are considering reforms to address white hegemony. A staff member raises concerns about music curriculums. And they're talking about the complicity in white supremacy in the light of Black Lives Matter. Now, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it because I'm a musician. Now, I was brought up on European music, but I never saw Beethoven as either white or black. I never saw Bach or Mozart as white or black. I never saw it as colonial in any way. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what the hell are these people talking about? Have they never heard of a man called Samuel Coleridge Taylor, one of the most famous black Englishmen in music? He had a colonial past. Are they going to wipe him out? That guy was born in 1875, and he wrote some of the most beautiful music that you can ever possibly hear. He was supported by people like Elgar. So what are they going to do? Are they going to actually sort of wipe him out of this? You know, what's going on? I just think that this is absolutely crazy. They've gone a little bit too far. And I even went so far as to start reading some of the comments you know, about Oxford University. And I was thinking, oh my God. Think about it. Oxford English Dictionary. And you can hear a bit of paper rattling there. And there was a comment. (laughs) Somebody called Goddamn. And they said, someone please remind Oxford and assorted self-flagellating institutions that the English language was also used during colonial times. In fact, the richness of English comes from words appropriated from other cultures. So they need to purge the Oxford English Dictionary of such borrowed words. After that, everything should be translated into and taught in Swahili. <laughs> Latin departments should be dismantled because it reeks of white privilege. 
<laughs> I thought that was one of the best comments. All right, some quick comments from everybody else there. I mean, what are we going to do? Are we going to wipe out Western music? Okay, come on in there, Steve, quick. Well, we're talking about, uh, you know, classical music here from days gone by and uh, a different period of history and time. I'd just like to sort of raise the issue and ask the question, actually. Are the left, which I refer now by and large, by the way, to the woke left, because everything apparently in our society is now becoming offensive. Um, are they now going to start reviewing popular culture, popular music from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, <laughs> and looking at the wording of all the popular tunes that everybody enjoys at discos and say, well, actually, that one's unacceptable. We should not get rid of that. We're not playing that at discos. And, and where was, where is this going to end? It's it's just ridiculous to be no, it's a, there, there is a massive backlash going to come to these people. I mean... Everybody's had enough of them, I'm sure. I know that all the major, major uh, conservatories in the country will just turn around and say, you must be mad. You must be absolutely nuts. Does anybody else want to come in on that one? Yeah. Do you know what? When they, like what Steve was saying, when they look back on the music of today, they're going to have a field day, aren't they, with all this twerking and everyone's a... Well, we nearly swore then. Oh, we can't do You know, all this rap music and grime and stuff, and all the gangster stuff. I have a field day. Are they going to cancel all this in 30 or 40 years? We'd probably do cancel it now, to be honest. I'm surprised nobody's taken up offence at twerking, actually. I don't do it, by the way. It's not my kind of thing. (laughs) You You sure about that? It's not what I've heard. Yeah, Yeah, we've heard the rumours. We've heard the rumours. Twerking Ingram. No. Especially on on walking football. (laughs) (laughs) right well let's get moving on and we have woke on the wild side and this is to be led by mr stephen ingram go ahead mr ingram what have you got to say about woke on the wild side well the first thing is um in relation to this issue i've actually lost my link uh (laughs) (laughs) but it's in relation to the fact that uh, uh, there's a report out indicating that (laughs) I don't really, can't even believe they've done a report on this. That our country, they found, is not institutionally racist. Like, again, a report to tell us this. Seriously. You know, I think, in all honesty, you know, the, the, the things that are being brought to the fore in terms of what's offensive, acceptable in terms of language and everything else, and just sticking with the issue of racism, um, the vast, vast majority of people, I don't really sort of hear racism and come across this as an issue on a daily basis in fact i'm just going to say this on a personal basis for a minute actually i don't need any form of legislation to treat other people on equal terms and And with respect and with respect respect. and everybody i know likewise and to be quite honest with you i think all this this calling for racism every five minutes and taking the knee and lots of other different things from the the far left is actually doing more harm for race relations, actually, in my view. But it's it's been found to be the case that our country is not institutionally racist. So uh, that's a good thing. So in that case, then, woke is washed up, correct? Absolutely. That's how exactly how I would describe it. Woke is washed up and people are fed up of this absolute left-wing nonsense. Great. Well, we're now going to move on to the public figure of the week, and this is with Mr. Hartley. Go ahead. Ah, go ahead, Mr. Hartley. Who is the public figure of this week? Well, this week, Jonathan, I think I'm going to have to go with ex-BBC journalist and now successful YouTuber, 
Alex Belfield, who's been exposing the BBC for years now over their misuse of public funds, and according to Alex himself, has been rewarded with five arrests and three raids on his house with no warrants and no charges brought by Nottingham Police, and what can only be described as a modern-day witch hunt with the aim of silencing him. What, so, the, what the heck is all that about? Go ahead. Give us some more I mean, detail. I mean, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll all come out in the wash eventually. So for not giving in to the persecution and continuing to fight on, highlighting the utter madness we experience on a day-to-day basis and still managing to make us laugh, he gets public figure of the week. And maybe we can talk about this more when we when more comes to light, but it doesn't I mean, sound good. What, what, in the, what the hell has the guy done? If they haven't actually pressed any charges, then what the hell has the guy done? I mean, I heard that Nottingham police have actually appropriated some of his equipment. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the last time they arrested him, it was the BBC claimed he um, he gave a bomb threat to the BBC. They literally arrested him for four hours while he searched his house. The police had no collar numbers on, no warrants, and then they asked him about three questions and let him go. Are you sure they weren't from the um, you know secret policy unit of the BBC? Mm, well, <laughs> no, but you never know, actually. <laughs> Now, there's something fishy going on, and, and it, it doesn't sound good. So well, maybe when, when more details emerge, we can... Well, we can unless, and, and, you know, for instances like that, that's a case of affecting somebody's human rights as well. It is. Go ahead, Steve. Come on in. I'd just like to sort of raise the issue here. Um, my understanding is before somebody is, um, you know, searched either on their person or their premises, warrants have to be issued, um, charges have to be made, Evidence has to be gathered. So it sounds to me at this point as though the whole process is flawed from start to finish. Well, it does. There was a, Apparently his bail got extended by a magistrate, although he never went to a court for a hearing to extend the bail. So mm, How can you have a, a bail without a court appearance? Someone needs to, ask, needs to ask the arresting officer because apparently that was the case. That must mean that some people pretty high up are a little bit worried about what this guy has to say. The truth normally, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I would suspect so. There's something mm. wrong there. Trevor, come on in. Yeah, these are things that you read in the spy novels, aren't they? <laughs> yes. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it to be actually happening. Tinker you know, Taylor, in, Alex Belfield, in, spy. In, in plain sight. But yeah, I mean, how, how can you do that? You say, you're putting him on bail and he's not even been to a court. That's got to be breaking There's every something... rule in the book. There's something definitely wrong about the way that this guy is being treated. Be There's just no two ways about it. Go ahead. Yeah. The, guy just, the guy just wants to get in front of a judge so he can clear this all up, but they don't want to do that, do they, for some reason? So. Well, somebody, somebody's messed up at the BBC. I mean, I'm no fan of the BBC, I can tell you. You know, you know the reasons why, and I can actually tell you, and that's another court case that's going to come up about them, and I know, that, I know that they're actually being dragged into something else right now you know, in a court case. You know, these people at the BBC, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't know where the hell they get off because they just get to use public money in order to legally enforce or frighten. That's what they do. That's what they do. And uh, it doesn't always work. And obviously it hasn't worked with Mr. Belfield. And I'm, I'm very glad. And I hope that he does win what he needs to win. Go ahead, Steve, as a final comment. Yeah, I'll just go back to a, a brief point we, we mentioned some time ago, or I, I did in one of our podcasts a while ago, where... It, the police uh, brought in a system in Cheshire, this is, I don't know whether it's gone beyond, were simply using cameras with the, the police wearing them as a form of uh, gathering evidence. Now, 
back in the day when uh, I was in the special constabulary. Um, Did you hear and, that, chaps? He was in the special constabulary. Yes. Yeah, threw it up you, and he, in, didn't he? he was the one that went, hello, hello, hello. What do we have here? He has to do this, doesn't he? He really does. But <laughs> the importance of a notebook, actually, when a, a police constable starts the day, has to take the oath. And the notebook, when it's signed at the bottom, is actually legal definition. It's it's brought up in a court of law. Now, we seem to have a situation where people are just turning up ad hoc at people's premises. And saying anything that they want. And doing whatever they want. And, and I'm afraid to say it's time for a review of how uh, elements of the police seem to be operating in this country. We have to have the law upheld in the proper manner. Well, gentlemen, you've already heard the orders, the last orders, the last orders there. Can we have shout-outs now, please, sir? Shout-outs or shout-downs? Mr. Trevor Nichols, have you got a shout-out or a shout-down? I'm afraid I'm not again this week, Jonathan. I've been researching all afternoon. I've been up and down Cheshire following this MP. Okay, so... so I've got myself a little quote at the end, as always. <laughs> Steve, no, we're going to go on to Mark. Mark! Mark, Mark, that's a that's a dog with a hair lip. Go ahead. Yeah, my shout out today is for Bernardo's for the great work they do with young carers right across this beautiful country of England. Well, I've got a shout out and it's for a young lad, a very brave young lad. And I want to talk about him more in, a, in another program. But his name is um, Fraser McKee. And he's a young lad with a lot of medical problems. And there are Instagram pages and GoFundMe's on that, and I'm hoping to do a little article on this this young chap who is extremely brave. So my shout-out goes to Fraser McKee. Okay, Steve, what's yours? Thank you very much indeed. Uh, mine is to Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, and I'd simply like to say that at the moment we need some good role models in our country, and I think she's very elegant, empathetic, she works well with all to set a fine example and would make a lovely ambassador as our future queen going forward. I think she's a wonderful person. Can you hear that music, Steve? I can. It's That's, absolutely tremendous. It's for you and the Duchess, because we know that you're very close to the royal family. We know how you feel about it. We can see you draped in the Union flag right now. Okay, that's enough. Okay. Can See we that. have that as a regular feature, that music introducing the show? <laughs> no. Well, this is not good enough. We no. need to get this sorted. No. <laughs> okay, well, listen, that's it. So we're going to start moving into the end of the show. So let's start. Now, Steve, I'm going to ask you first, do you want some music behind what you want or do you just want to say it out now like this? No, I'll have the music, but I'll go at the end of May. Well, you're going to go anyway, because I'm going to cut you off. Now, there was a technical error last week. Right, are we going to do this properly? Are you going to behave? <laughs> go ahead, sir. Right, I'm trying to give a little bit of positivity out there at the moment. Go ahead. Because of everything that's going on. Now, hopefully, this year will start to pan out a little bit better for people. But next year, I've said one or two of these things before. 2022 marks the 40 years since the Falklands War. And it's also the Festival UK next year. And it's also Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. What a fabulous patriotic year to celebrate our contributions, some of the sacrifices made and everything positive going forward for this country. What a great year. 
Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Steve. Trevor, do you have a positive or a quote for us this week? I have a little quote to finish on, as always. Go ahead, sir. Success only comes to those who dare to attempt. Yes, totally agree with that one. Totally agree with that one. Mr. Mark Hartley, Statsman, go ahead, sir. What's yours? Yes, today I have a quote by Martin Luther King, and it is this. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Wow. Don't these words from the past come back to haunt? Well, obviously, you know, my usual quote is, thank God that's all over. We've finished. It's another one gone. And say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Okay. No, nobody else want to say good night. Good night. Yes. Good. Good night, everybody. Have a nice weekend and a great week going forward. Well, Sleep time. I think that all went very well. I think. I think it went. It went superbly. It did. But you're gonna to have to stop mentioning whether I want the music or not and just do it properly. <laughs> we we all know. Stop doing that. We all know you're tone deaf, sir. <laughs> and what happened last week? It just went off. I just froze and you just carried on. You, that's you right. You just froze. Yeah. You just went off. We know that. You were trying to do statues, but the music wasn't on. So, you know, no more musical statues online. I okay. Have to ask, okay. Was she frozen?